Good evening, gentlemen. Welcome back. Getting together for, yes, another wrap-up over here, another roundup, another clean-up of another amazing week. And it's a good simon. Don't worry. There's, there's, uh, the Gemara says that uh, when beverages get spilled, don't worry about that one, Rabbi said. Beverages get spilled, it's a simon, it's a simon bracha. Um, the Gemara talks about wine. All the more so, imagine when Dr. Pepper spills, you can't get a bigger simon bracha than that, right? So don't worry about that. It's a tremendous simon bracha. But anyway, as we were saying, um, <clears throat> it's been another amazing, wonderful week. And um, we're ready for another amazing, wonderful wrap-up over here as we cruise into Shabbos with a new book. We're beginning a new book this week, a new Sefer, Sefer by Midbar, the book of Numbers, a book that recounts much of what occurred during the 40 years of Klaisel traveling through the desert. And Midbar begins with all the, all the technical aspects of what's going on in the Midbar. We have the counting of Klai Yisrael. We have the tribes of Klai Yisrael. Klai Yisrael is arranged into 12 tribes. We have the chieftains, the Nassim of all those tribes. And then we have the formation of Klai Yisrael. And that occupies so much of Midbar. Just the logistics, the technicalities, the setup, the formation... And uh, the whole arrangement that Klai Yisrael had in the desert. And, and, and we see it was arranged with such precision, with such um, care, and, and um, as the Pazik says, Isha Machaneu Isha Digloi, every tribe in the right place, every person in the right tribe. Every person under his flag and under his tribe in, the right, in, 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 in exactly the right place for him. The 40 years they were in the desert, they encamped with precision, they traveled with precision. We have the Mishkan in the middle, we have the Levim around the Mishkan. We have all four directions, we have a different group, a different squadron. We have four squadrons, all four directions. We have the 12 Shvatim divided into four squadrons, three Shvatim in each squadron. We had the, the group leader in each squadron, and the two accompanying the two, the two uh, flanking Shvatim. And the question's like this. The question is, there's obviously got to be a reason why each shavit was where they were. We know a little bit about the parsha, right? There was four directions. You had the Mishkan in the middle, and the Arn Kodesh in the middle of the Mishkan, the Levim around the Mishkan. And then we have east, west, north, and south. We have the 12 Shraddim divided up amongst these four directions. Yehuda's in the east, together flanked with, with uh, Yisach and Zvulun. We have Ruben in the south with Shimon and Gad. We have Ephraim in the west with Binyamin and Menashe, and we have done in the north with God with with Asher and Naphtali. There's obviously got to be a reason why each shevet is in this particular side with each particular two other two shvatim accompanying and flanking him. This is not random. And I think what we need to do tonight, going into Bamidbar, is to try to understand that a little bit. Why each shevet is where they are? What was the pshat in the arrangement? What was the pshat in the placement? What's the pshat in the four directions? And each group of three shots of each squadron while they're on each side. But I want to ask another question. That, that's, that's obvious. That goes without saying that we got to find a reason why each shavit is where they were. But uh, the other question I want to ask like this. Whatever that reason is, there's a reason, obviously, why Yehuda has to be in the east. And the reason, there's a reason why Reuven has to be in the south. There's a reason why Ephraim has to be in the west. There's a reason why Don has to be in the north. Does everybody agree with that conjecture? We all agree with that, right? It's not random. Whatever that reason is, it is. 
And the question I, I want to ask, though, after that is said and done, whatever that reason is going to be, we'll have to try to get there. But I think the bigger question that has to be asked is, why was this so limited in when, 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 when this was a part of Kleistro's functioning? If you look at the bigger picture, the greater history of Kleistro, you know, when does Kleistro have their beginning? We, we can decide to choose to begin Kleistral historically from Avram Avinu, maybe, in the year 1948, 1948 Jewish years. We can decide to begin Kleistral 500 years later with Harsinai, 2448, ETS Shrine, the Exodus, and then Harsinai. There's different places where we can begin Kleistral. But what's, 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 what's uh, really fascinating and maybe bewildering is that from all the thousands of years that Kleistral has been around, Yes, so some of those years we have been in exile. Many of those years we've been in exile. And exile was definitely going to be arranged very haphazardly. But for many of those years we weren't in exile. We were in um, we were in Eretz Yisrael. We had a base on Mikdash. For forty of those years, forty of those years of Klai Yisrael's journey and development, forty of those years we were in a desert. And for forty of the thousands of years that we existed, we had this precise and exact layout, blueprint to how Kleisel should be arranged for 40 years. For 40 years, we're told, Yehuda's over here, Ruben's over here, Ephraim's over here, and Dunn is over here. For 40 years, no more and no less. No more and no less. If, like we said, there's got to be a reason. It's obviously not coincidental. It wasn't just, you know, Dunn coins to the lottery. Why each squadron is where they were and why each arrangement of each, with three shots that were selected to be in each particular direction, there's got to be a reason behind that. But whatever that reason is, why was it only relevant for 40 years? To ask this in the best way possible, why, when we get to Eretzro, why don't we have to, why don't we settle Kleisro and Eretzro in the same way? When we move into Eretzro, after the 40 years, we come into Eretzro with the Mishkan, we come in with the Kainan and the Levim, let's set up Israel the same way. Let's put the Mishkan in the center, let's put Yehuda with Yisach and Zvul on the east, in Eretzro, Let's put Reuven with Gunshim in the south. Let's put Ephraim with the Vidyan and Yosef in the west. And let's put Dan with Asher and Naphtali in the north. Well, no, but when you get there, so everyone's all over the place. All over the place. No shaykhis, no, no, without any bearing or relevance to how we were encamped in the desert. So these are the two questions that have to be asked. I think the second one is the more vexing one. Because we understand, okay, there's got to be some cheshbon. There's got to be some logical reason why Yehud is this direction, Reuven's that direction, Ephraim's that direction. That's great. We get that, and we'll have to explore that. But whatever that's going to be, why was it only for 40 years? What's the reason that for, for 40 years, which in the greater history of Kleisel is like the, the, the blink of an eye and the blip of an eyelash and the blop of Dr. Pepper spilling all over the floor, right? These have these, it's just like this. Why is it that for such a short, quick, short-lived burst of time in our history, that's when we, uh, we, we, we have to have this formation? What's the chat? What's the chat? Everybody, every everybody here. Uh, maybe, maybe fair forget, questions. Fair questions. Maybe to get new generation to grow up and ready to go. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But first, I want to make see if everyone agrees to the questions. You agree to the questions? Yeah. Good questions, right? Fair questions. Very, very odd that for only only for forty years we have these formations. We're, we're, we're set up with such precision. Again, we're not asking a question on Gullus. Listen, when we're in Gullus and Gullus, we're 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 scattered. We're taco, right? Um, scattered and 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 uh definitely haphazardly all over the place but 
But for so many centuries, we were not scattered. We were living there, so settled in Eretz Yisrael. Settled under the Reish Golus and Bavel. There were times in Golus also where we were more organized. Why is it that we, we never found this anywhere else? And when we come to Eretz Yisrael, we don't have this formation anymore. We don't have this arrangement anymore. So I think to answer this question, to both, both questions, what's Pshat and the arrangement altogether? In the four directions, with the four squadrons, with the squadron leaders, and the two flanking Shvatim. And the second question of why only when we were in the desert, we have to look at a Pasuk in this week's parasha, which describes the formation, which describes the, um, the, uh, the, the setup that we had in the desert, and maybe try to glean some insight from there. But before that, I want to I wanna go back and qualify my question, the second question. Now, the second question was, why was it for such a short-lived time that when the 40 years we were in the desert, that's when we had these formations, that's when we had these arrangements, right? It's not 100% true. I'm not being 100% straight with the island. There was a very short burst of time in the great history of Kleiso, which was 40 years that we were arranged this way. But there was another time that we were also arranged this way for an even shorter blip and burst of time. Who knows what, when, and when. When we went out of Egypt? When we went out of Egypt? Well, that's, that's, that's now. That's this week's parasha. That's what we're talking about now, the 40 years in the desert. Um, there was one other time where Kleisrael actually did have this arrangement. One other time. For even shorter than 40 years. I need Yeshua Lindavan here. Where'd he go? Who knows what and when this was? Before or after? Oh, you want clues, huh? It was before. <laughs> you want a hint? You want a hint? It was before. It was before. That's the hint. Before, before this week's parsha. One other time in history where Kleisel had this formation, this exact formation, this exact formation. Nope. No. They came down to Egypt. They came down to Egypt. Nope. Uh, here we have uh, Otis and Omaha. Hello, Otis, how are you? Uh, calling it over here when they split by the splitting the sea? No. Otis, good, good guess, good guess. Twelve tunnels. You have twelve tunnels, but they didn't have this arrangement. We're talking about four different directions. Four seven, different directions. Seven days between uh, the sea. No. No. Good guesses, good guesses. The answer is like this, Rabbi Say. Here's the answer. When was the one other time where Kleistral had such a formation? These three Shvatim on the east, these three Shvatim on the south, these three Shvatim on the west, these three Shvatim in the north, is when Klal Yisrael, not Klal Yisrael, the Shvatim carried the coffin of Yaakov out of Mitzrayim to be buried in Israel, in Eretz Yisrael. Yaakov was Nifter, he commanded Yosef, um, bury me, don't bury me in Egypt, bury me in Ma'aras Hamach Bury me in Mars Hamach with my ancestors, with my forefathers, with my parents, my grandparents. Bury me over there. So Yosef got permission from Paro, and the 12 sons of Yaakov bore his coffin out of Egypt and carried it up to Eretz Yisrael, buried it in Mars Hamach And Rashi tells us something fascinating. Rashi says that how did they carry his coffin out of Mitzrayim in the same arrangement that we have in the sixth parasha? We had all 12 Shvatim arranged in four squadrons, the four directions. And Yehuda was carrying the coffin, was the pallbearer that was on the east, together with, with Yisach and Zvulun. We had Ruvain, the pallbearer in the south, together with God and, 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 uh, and Shimon and God. 
we have Ephraim in the west, who is the Paul bear in the west, together with Binyamin and, Mena- and, and, and Menashe. And we had Don in the north, who was the Paul bear of Yaakov's Kohav in the north, together with Asher and Naphtali. Amazing. Very, very interesting. Very interesting that the other, that Rashi brings us down. One other time in history, one other time in history that, um, that this happened, that this happened, was then. So, uh, the game is afoot. In short, the game is afoot. Something is up over here. We pointed out already something is very odd. There's got to be a reason for this formation. There's got to be a reason why each shape was in the specific place that they were ordered to be in this parasha. So that goes with that saying. We'll have to explore that. But in addition to that, if there is a specific place where the Shvatim need to be, where Yehudas need to be in the east, and Ephraim needs to be in the west, and, and Ruben needs to be in the south, and Dun needs to be in the north, why was it only for 40 years? And now the question gets modified a bit. Why was that only for the 40 years when they left Egypt and when they were going to Eretz for those 40 years? And why is it also only when they carried Yaakov Avinu's coffin out of, out of Egypt to be buried in Moros Machleya? Haloi Dabrahu, as we would say. Something is up over here, the game is afoot. So let's try to figure this out. Try to use all these questions and, and try, to, try to combine them together and try to figure out, try to figure out indeed what, what is going on over here. Let's try to get to the bottom of this, the bottom of the picture, bottom of the story, and the bottom line. So let's look at this Pasuk now. This is uh, in, 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 in Parashas Bamidbar, in Perik Bays, where we have this topic introduced, the topic of the formation, the topic of the squadrons, and the Pasuk says like this, Perik Bays, Pasuk Aleph, by Dabra Hashem, Amosha v'yala'aroin lemor. Rebosham spoke to Moshe and Aaron, saying the following: Ish al digloi Each person, according to his flag, ba'oisos, with signs, leves avoisam, according to his father's house, yachanu bnei Yisrael minaged some of loyal moyed yachanu. They should camp. Kleis will camp out. Minaged some of loyal moyed yachanu. They will camp around the oil moyed. Camp out around the oil moyed. So this is the pasuk that introduces this whole idea of Klai Yisrael having this formation and Klai Yisrael being assigned exactly where they need to be. And and we go on immediately. So come say, Bachayim Kedma Mizrachu, who's in the east, Edagamachan Yehuda, Yehuda, and Yehuda's Nasi, Yehuda's leader is Nachshem and Amidav, Nadav, and who's there with Yehuda, Yisachar and Zavulan. Good, we go to the south, we go to the west, we go to the east. But how did the Torah introduce it? The idea of this formation, the idea of this setup is introduced with Ishal Digloi Be'oisais Levesa Be'oisam. Each person, according to, on his flag, Be'oisais with signs, Levesa Be'oisam. With signs, Be'oisais, signs. This is the giveaway a little bit. If we lock onto this word and pursue this word, I believe this is the giveaway to try to understand everything that's going on over here. Why they have this formation altogether? What's the significance of the formation? And why it's only for a very limited time in the greater history of Klai only for 40 years, and for a week or, a week or two that it took them to, to travel with Yaakov's coffin, his mita, to be buried in Mar Samach The idea of the formation of Klai in the Midbar is an idea of oisos. What does oisos mean? It's an ice a sign. Signs. These are signs. Signs. What kind of sign? Well, let's look at Rashi. What is this a sign of? 
So Rashi says two ideas. First Rashi says, Kol Dega Yila Ois. So we know each squadron had a, a flag, and every flag had um had an ice, had a sign. What was the sign? Says Rashi, a flag with a particular color. So you wanted to know where you were, you, you got you got uh, you know you were lagging behind or something. You want to know where you were supposed to go. You just look for the flag with your color. You know where to go. Okay, ice, ice. That's the signs. But then let's look at the next Rashi. But ice is This is the Rashi we were mentioning earlier. Signs according to their father's house. According to the signs that Yaakov gave them when they left Mitzrayim. Yaakov's children did exactly as Harry, how he commanded them. Yaakov said, I want Yehuda, Yisach, and Zun in the east. I want these three carrying me in the east, these three in the south, these three in the west, these three in the north. So Rashi is saying Oisois is an idea of what? That Klaisel is traveling in the desert the same way Klaisel traveled with Yaakov. They travel in the desert the same way they traveled with Yaakov. So this is a sign, a sign that is signaling something else. A sign is related in English to the word signal. For some reason the word signal, we pronounce the G, and the word sign, we don't pronounce the G. But if you think about it, etymologically it's the same word, right? A signal signifies a sign. Signify also, we say the G. Sign, we don't say the G. Why not? Can't really ask questions on English. My children learned this the hard way when we moved from Eretz to America. They, they just, like, couldn't figure out why all these words spelled in such a wacky way. Where all these extra letters you do say, all these letters you don't say, all these letters you say over here this way, these letters you say no. And my kids knew how to speak English, more or less. Uh, reading English, recognizing English was something they had to learn. They learned it the hard way. So you can't ask on this sign and signal. Here we say the G, here we don't. But it's the same, the same word. A sign signifies something, a sign signals something. And, and, and Rashi's Tradavir Oisais, the, the, the arrangements that we had in the Midbar are called signs because they are signs, they're signifying and signaling how we went originally with, with Yaakov. So that's the sign that we have over here. Now, does that answer the question? That really kind of delays the question. But it's saying that Klai Yisrael is in the, in, in the Midbar, traveling in the Midbar, and that signifies how we traveled with Yaakov. This is at best a half of an answer. Oisos, Oisos, yes. The formation of the desert was Oisos, with signs. Signs that are signifying what? Signs that are signifying what the, what the 12 sons of Yaakov did when they traveled with Yaakov. Okay, so the camp in the Midbar is signifying what we did with Yaakov. We get that. And that would, I guess, answer why it was only for 40 years, because for some reason, when we're traveling in the desert, that's the right time to signify how we travel with Yaakov, but that's just like a goof without a neshama, that's a body without a soul, that's an outline without something to fill in the outline. Why is it that during the 40 years in the desert we, have to, we want to signify, evoke how we travel with Yaakov, and why we would travel with Yaakov, we have this specific formation. So let's explore this, and if we have Hatzlach exploring this, we may be able to build on this and have another idea as well as to what the formation for Klyestrol was in the in the desert, and why for only 40 years in the desert. So let's explore one and hopefully two amazing, mind-blowing ideas. Eyesight! This is signifying something, signaling something. The formation for the 40 years was signifying, signaling the formation that we had with Yaakov. Why did Yaakov choose this specific formation? Why did he tell his sons, okay, you guys in the east, you guys in the west, you guys in the south, you guys in the north? So we're going to explore one idea based on Ramban that's based on the Medrash that Ramban brings down. 
Every direction has a different power associated with it. We know that. There's different koiches, different powers, different influences that are that are in the four directions of the world. There's four winds, four directions, four sub-powers, sub-influences. And we have 12 shvatim. 12 shvatim that have to be divided divide amongst four directions and with one leader in each direction and two sub sub subordinates in each of those four directions and the four directions signify four different approaches directions and powers in life and the 12 shatam of Kleiso represent the full range of all these properties and powers that are out there there's four winds four directions four influences four main influences and there's 12 shvatim because the job of the 12 shvatim is isha machaneo isha digloi to perfect and, and, and harness these different influences powers ideas notions that are in the world to perfect them harness them and project and bring them out here in this world yaakov avinu his job is to give Klai Yisrael a very basic identity and understanding of who they are. Uh, right before his death, what does Yaakov Yinu do before he passes away? Right before he passes away, what does Yaakov Yinu do in Parshas Vayichi? He gives a brother to my friend. Gives a bracha, but right before that, right before that, right before that. I mean, right after that. The final thing he does right before he passes away. Musser to his kids. What? Musser and blessings. He, he gives brachas to his children, and he gives musr to his children. Brachas and musr are two halves of the same idea, right? A bracha, musr, musr is a bracha. Sometimes the biggest bracha is musr, and sometimes musr, the greatest musr, comes together with a bracha, right? They go hand in hand. We've been talking about this in the morning with the, with the, with the heaven shleima, that musr is not about destroying people, musr is about building people up, yes? So, Nacham Simcha is correct. Musr and bracha go hand in hand, yes? Anyway, that's the last thing he does before he passes away. The bracha and the Moser is really helping Klai to understand who they are. If you look at the brachas in Vayichi, he tells Yehuda, this is who you are. These are your strengths and weaknesses. Ruvain, this is you. Shimon, this is you. God, Naphtali, Asher, this is you. And in order to make sure that that is carried into action, that identity, he gives them an assignment as to which directions they should bear, bear his body. This is the last opportunity they have to be close to Yaakov. The last opportunity they have to gain from Yaakov. The last opportunity they have to accompany Yaakov to tap into Yaakov's clarity, Yaakov's guidance, and Yaakov's instructions, this is the last opportunity they really have to do that. And Yaakov instructs his children, and your last opportunity, the last time you have a closeness with me, you have a connection with me, Yudi, you gotta be on the east, Reuben, you gotta be in the south, Ephraim, you gotta be on the west, and Dun, you have to be on the north, together with all the accompanying Shvatim. Why? Because for you really to understand the bracha slash musa that I've given you, you guys have to know who you are really. So what does Yehud have to do with the East? Ruben, everybody here this so far said that when, when your last opportunity to be, be with me as you are perfecting yourself, as you are, as you are, as you are um, identifying yourself, as you are realizing who all of you are, your last opportunity to tap into what I am, the clarity that I'm giving you, you have to have this formation. You have to have this formation. Now, before that, the specifics of that formation, let's now skip forward to, to this week's parasha, the 40 years we're in the desert. The way we travel in the desert was signifying and signs that harked back to traveling with Yaakov, accompanying Yaakov's coffin from um, 
from Egypt to bearing a menorah. Why is the 40-year journey in the desert evoke and have to be in line with? With. With. With the way they traveled. The way they traveled in the... Uh, the during with, with Yaakov Avinu, when Yaakov Avinu, when they had a Gobera, Yaakov Avinu, why is one evoked the other? Why is the 40 years in the desert modeled after, patterned after that? But also, why is it signifying that? Terence is the same idea on a macro level, on a macro scale. On a macro scale. On a micro scale, Yaakov Avinu, before he passes away, gives all of the Shvatim a bracha and Musr. This is who you are. This is what you need to work on. This is who you need to be. This is who you're supposed to be. This is who you will be. On a macro scale, when Klai Yisrael is on their way to Eretz Yisrael, we're developing, we're evolving, we're growing, we're receiving the Torah. And on a macro level, each tribe needs to know who they're going to be when they get into Eretz Yisrael, when they put the Torah into motion, when they put the Torah into action. The 40 years sojourn in the desert was a 40-year bubble of what? Development. And, 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 and being built up. And and really getting in touch with who they were, with receiving it was one long forty-year process of, of Kabbalah Zatara. It was a long process of Kabbalah Zatara, long finishing, growing, steiging process. And each shavit has to be built up and developed to be able to set their assignment into motion when they get to Erzol. Erzol, they're being released out into the open, out into the wild, so to speak. Good luck, guys. You're off. We fired the gun and and go do it. In, 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 in this 40 years when we're in the desert, it's a 40-year bubble of development, of finishing, of polishing. And again, it has to be done in such a way that, that you guys really know who you are and who you're supposed to be. What's the real task and assignment of Yehuda, Reuven, Shimon, God, etc.? To do that, we need the oisos. We need to signal back to the clarity we got from Yaakovino. So far, so good? The 40 years in the desert is 40 years of development and formation of, 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 of that identity, clarity, and... Refining and polishing. Yehuda, you got to know who you are. Reuben, you got to know who you are because when you get to Israel, it's going to be for real. So we have to travel and encamp for those 40 years in the same ice ice that we had that Yaakovinu gave us to understand who we were. Now, what are the specifics of that? We'll say this quickly. The specifics um, is based on, this part now is based on a Ramban, based on a Medrash. The East, Rishonim Yiso, the East always travels first. Who's in the East? Yehuda. Yehuda represents the leadership of Klai Yisrael. The leadership of Klai Yisrael in the East, that's where the sun rises, the sun, the leader of the day, the, 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 the leader of the solar system, right? The mighty sun. So that represents the leadership of Klai Yisrael. And that's the East, and that's Yehuda, who's the, the Melech, together with the Zvulun, who are there, I'm sorry, with the Yisachar, who, who are the Tamidi Chachamim, the leaders in terms of the Rashi Yeshiva, the Rabbanim, the G'day Le'ador, and Zavulun, who, who are Mepharnasim, and we keep everybody going, that's the, that's the, um, you know, the, 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 um, the, Zavulun the people that keep the whole system going, people that are, that are there to fund and sponsor the Elohim Dei Torah and the, and the Nasim and, and the Elohim Dei Torah. So that's the formation of the East, that's the, the Nassim, the leaders of Klai Yisrael. What about the South? What's the power of Ruvain together with God and Shimon? A beautiful idea. These are the, the representatives in Klai Yisrael of the Tshuva movement. Tshuva. 
Ruvain is the first Baal Tshuva. Ruvain is the first person that does Tshuva because of moving around his father's bed. That's Ruvain. Shimon and God were given Musr from Moshe Rabbeinu and from Yaakov. We talked about Musr just a, mo a moment ago. Reuben and God are the ones, uh, Shimon and God rather, uh, Moshe at the end of Bam Midbar gives them Musr, they accept the Musr. So this is Tshuva, this is the ability to do Tshuva. That's the South. And that's what they bring to Kleiso, the West. We have Ephraim and, and Menashe and Benyamin. This is the power of, according to the Medrash, Gevura, this is strength, Kleiso, that we have to have a certain balance of strength, the strength of Ezugibar, Akavish is Yitzroy, the ability to Face evil, fight evil, battle evil. The Binyamin is the Zayv. Yitrof is is um, is the the wolf that attacks. He has the 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 base Hamikdash and the Arn Kodesh. I'm sorry, the the Mizbeach in his property, where um, we bring we bring uh, Karbanis, um representing the might, the power, the strength, the the Almightyness of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. We have. Um, um, Ephraim and Binyamin, we have, this produces Shaul HaMelech, Yoshua, who waged war against the Canaanim, waged war against Amalek. So this is the power of might, of strength. We battle Canaan from the west side. We battle, we battle um, Amalek from the west side. And we have the Shekhinahs in the west. That's, that, that, is, that is the Yosef himself. We have the Shekhinah in the west as well. That is what we arm ourselves with when we go out to fight battle, when we go out to fight war. The north, we move on to the north, what do we have in the north? We have Don in the north. Don together with Usher and Naphtali. Now what's the Kayach of Don together with Usher and Naphtali? They're on bands, and, and, and it's, a, it's a frightening idea. Very, very interesting and frightening idea. Done. What did Dunn bring, unfortunately, to the table? What did Dunn have? What was his contribution to Klaistral? Averis. Chayshech. Northern region. The further you go north, the darker and darker and darker it gets. Mitzaf and Yavay Ra. Evil. Darkness comes from the north. That was done. That brought the Pesel Micha. That brought Avedah Zara. The, the predilection of Klaistral to do Averis, that comes from the north. That's what Dunn and Usher and Aftali represent, on the one hand they represent the temptation to do Avera. That's a part of Kala Yisrael. Part of Kala Yisrael is having a temptation to do Averis. Crazy idea. That is a part of Kala Yisrael that has to be brought to the table as well, the temptation to do Averis. And that's balanced with Usher and Aftali that give us the way of taking that temptation and channeling it for a good purpose. So again, Ruvain is a bad shuva, that's in the south. The north is the temptation to do Averis, that's done. How do you challenge that temptation? That's Asher, may Asher, Shemei Says the Medrash, from Asher comes light, olives, which is olive oil, which is light, that allows us to take the eight Sahara, take temptation, channel it, apply it properly, apply it for something good, for something amazing. That's what's going on in the north. So this is the Oisois. And just to wrap up everything, there's four major Kaychas going on over here in Kalai Yisrael. We have leadership. We have... We have... Um, we have uh, Gevura, the, the need to fight. We have temptation that we, that we, that we uh, have to battle. We have Tshuva when all goes wrong in the south. And Klai Yisrael has to have the Shvatim, Isha Machanev, Isha Digloy, that give these uh, properties and powers over the Klai Yisrael in a perfected way. 
for us to get in touch with each shaver, what each shaver brings to the table. This is Yaakov finishing off the brachas and musa that he gives to Saif Yamov, instructing his children how to bear him. And this is Klaiso traveling for those 40 years when we're also in a formative developmental stage. How we travel in the middle signals back, harks back to Yaakov Avinu because this is when we're in formation and flux during those 40 years. We get to Eretz we set that all into motion. We're not in this formation anymore. We're in formation when we're in travel mode. We're in formation when we're in developmental mode. And this is what gives Klai Yisrael the clarity to develop and, and refine all these kaiches. And yeah, that is packing a lot in a lot of information. I guess we're not going to get to the second approach. It's going to give a whole, there's a whole second approach based on Shalah HaKadosh, another idea of the formation. And he says, just to say it quickly, I'm not going to say it quickly, but just the, 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 uh, the Mar Malcolm, but Ois he says, Oisi Ois is the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the four encampments parallel the name of the Rebbein Shalom himself. During the 40 years in the midboard, we're bearing HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They represent Yud K and Vav and K, Yud and Hey and Vav and Hey. That's a whole second approach. That's food for thought. Anyone wants to look up the Shlot, it's a beautiful Shlot. Um, and it's taking all this to another level, another Madrego. But this is a very nice idea, Rabbi Yisai, very nice idea to take. Be'ez HaShem into Shabbos Kodesh, into the Mikvah tomorrow. Look up at Shabbos Kodesh. You should have a wonderful Shabbos. And uh, everyone should be well. Thank you for joining.